time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. You've probably figured this out by yourself by now, but if you own a vulva, did you know that there is a three in five chance that having penetrative sex doesn't result in an orgasm? Enter Zumio. (laughs) Zumio is a -a one-of-a-kind toy with the sole purpose of providing a unique, stimulating experience. And guess what? It doesn't even vibrate. It rotates with a concentrated pinpoint energy that allows you to control how and where you use it. There are four different models specifically designed for your personal intensity preferences. And Zumio is great for vulva mapping and exploring the rest of your body, whether that is solo or with a partner. Check out www.myzumio.com slash Rachel. That's R-A-C-H-E-L for a special discount for the Right Conversations listeners and take control of your orgasms today. Today, we are having a conversation about confidence, about being an artist with my friend, Justin Gorini. Now, if you recognize this amazing human's name, it's probably because he was on the very first season of American Idol, opposite Miss Kelly Clarkson in 2002. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Let me tell you a little bit more about Justin and then we'll, uh, we'll bring him on. So his stage and screen appearances since American Idol include Broadway productions of American Idiot, In Transit, Paint Your Wagon, Romeo and Juliet, Wicked, and Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Justin has hosted nationally broadcasted shows like Idol Rap and Idol Tonight, along with live red carpets events for the TV Guide Network, the Oscars, the Emmys, and the Grammys. He also continues to reprise his role as the lovable Lil Sweet in the award-winning national commercial campaign for Diet Dr. Pepper. In 2019, Justin founded the Warrior Artist Alliance to help performers achieve the success they deserve in a very challenging industry. He shares his tips, tricks, breadth of experience, and warrior mindset with a community of performers through podcasts, his best-selling book, Audition Secrets, blogs, and dynamic training programs. Justin is very dedicated to his loving family, his wife, daughter, and sons, and they make up his happy home. It is here that he draws his support and the desire to live his best life. And let me tell you, friends, he has such a passion and desire for living the best life possible. So without any further ado, here is a conversation about being an artist, confidence, and staying sane in 2022 with Justin Gorini. Justin, I'm so happy you're here. I miss our lunches. I miss catching up. And now we're just going to do it publicly (laughs) for everyone to listen to. (laughs) I'm down. Yeah. I've, I've so enjoyed rehearsing in I think what probably like new 42 or something like that studios in, in, in Manhattan and just getting a little text like hey what are you doing what are you doing for lunch you're on I'm like yeah sure let's go we have a little lunch in Times Square and, and I just get to hear about all the wonderful things you're doing and and it's awesome that we could do this publicly now yeah yeah and same it's been the best so okay so for anybody who is like oh I recognize that name who sure. who are will you just tell all of our beautiful humans listening who you are and yeah one hundred percent yeah for sure so um, my name is Justin Guarini I'm excited to be here and you may have 
seen me on the first season of American Idol back in 2002. The old, the good old days, 2002. It was 20 years ago for those of you who are uh, counting. (laughs) Counting. And uh, count. Yeah, exactly. 20 years ago, uh, I showed up and and had the great honor of singing in front of 30 million people on national television every single week. Is that so fucking wild to say out loud now? It is. It's strange because... I mean, even it's like my parents, you know, my parents are, are like, yeah, you know, back when we were kids, there were like four channels on TV and you could have like 60 million people watching one thing. And even now to have 10, 20 million people watching anything at once yeah. that isn't like, and the Super Bowl is higher numbers than that, but it's wild. And to think that every single week on, at a time when there were plenty of things to watch, yeah. Plenty of channels, you know, that, that 30 million people would have been watching consistently every single week is amazing. And that's part of the reason why I'm here on this show today, why I still get to do what I get to do 20 years later is because of the impact that that first season made, not just on, you know, the kids or millennials, which is like the hot market now that everybody's going after, but like the entire <laughs> family, right? Like the entire yeah. family could sit down and watch it. So that was the first season of American Idol. Maybe you see me on Broadway in one of my seven Broadway shows. Um, or you might've seen me pop up on your screen as the lovable character for Dr. Pepper uh, named Lil Sweet, AKA Lips. Incredible. Can I just tell you, Justin, I had never seen. So like, I obviously knew because we've talked about it, but I had never seen (laughs) the actual commercials. And I don't remember what we were watching, but the four of us were sitting in the den and the TV's Uh on. And all of a sudden I was like, is that Justin? Like, I like heard your voice and I look up and I was like, what is he wearing? And I, it like all came together at one moment. And I was like, Wow, I am. So I cannot believe this is the first time I've ever seen this. So silly, but it's incredible. It's it's the greatest. Um, so I've been doing that for the past seven years, and uh, now I also have moved into um, a mentorship role, and uh, I've coached throughout the years, um, but have really, really started taking it seriously. Uh, over the past three or four years. And I love working with performers and helping them to really truly understand how to audition, Mm. how to get an agent and a manager representation, how to prepare themselves for um, what is the, shall we say a feast and famine business of entertainment? (laughs) Yes, we shall say that. That, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, because I've I've just had twenty years in this business in film, television, stage, and uh, and theater. It's gnarly. Yeah, it's been crazy, and so I just love passing that wisdom along to the next generation and to other people and my peers, um, because it's just it's so invaluable, and I yeah. love teaching, and I'm still actively performing. Uh, uh, I'm very fortunate that. In spring of 2023, um, I'm going to be in another musical on Broadway. And so I'm just excited. So anyway, that's me. That's what I do. I'm excited. I've been hearing about this damn show for like three years now. I'm like, by the time I get in that theater... I, I just can't wait. I can't yeah, wait to see no, you yeah. shine. You're going to get the, you're going to get the uh, senior citizen discount at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Because it's so funny because we were supposed to, we were supposed to go in 2020, of course. We were rehearsing in March. Um, no. Yes, we were rehearsing yeah. in March. And, and we got shut down um, and the whole world shut down at that point. But had uh, COVID never existed, we would have gone to Chicago that summer and then been yeah. on Broadway that fall. And so now here we are slated for, you know, three years later to, to do this show. And so it's been interesting. It's been a ride. If you're there, I can't hear you. Oh no! Can you hear me now? now? I get now. I Yay! Get you. Okay, okay. Did anyone age out of the show while this time passed? <laughs> Thank goodness, no. Although it might happen, uh, we only have one uh, child, like child, child, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and and um, they're twins actually because of uh, you know laws, yeah. laws and things like that. Right. So we do have two twin 
um, young ladies who I, I, I hope they won't age out. It's not like Billy Elliot where you got to replace them every six months. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like okay, your voice is cracking, kid. You got to go. But like, it's it's one of those things where those those young ladies could potentially age out, although they're they're pretty young. That was the first thing I thought of. I was like, I really hope nobody gets too old to be in their role. Yeah. Could you imagine? Oh, that would be so terrible. Because, it takes, you know, a lot of people don't know that it takes seven sometimes yeah. five, seven, 10 years for a show to get to Broadway. And if you are a child at that year one um, and playing a child, you might not make it to year seven or 10. Exactly. It's if I, a lot of my friends who are not in the theater world where mm-hmm. they watch the, uh, the spring awakening documentary on HBO. Mm-hmm. And I got so many text messages that were like, I didn't know shows took this long to get to. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, it's wild. Tens of millions of dollars later. But yeah. you know, it's one of those things where when it hits, it hits. And yeah. And, but you're better off going to when, when like when people ask me about investing in shows, I'm like, look, you're better off going to a casino. They're better odds. <laughs> Much better odds. If you want to go take that, you know, hundred thousand dollars, hundred fifty thousand dollars, go to the casino because you most likely will get a, a better return on your money. However, when it does hit on on the way Oof, yeah that, that, that will set yeah, you yeah when you get a wicked or a hamilton oh, or a yeah that's it it's over even yeah. if you get something that just is commercially successful meaning like you know it may cost eight million dollars to go from year one to year seven when it gets on broadway right yeah and then yeah. if you have a hit on broadway even for just a season let's say it's 12 months right and it's a hit you're making a million dollars a week uh, in, in income, right? So that's $4 million a month. So times wild. And it's 40 times, I don't know what it's 48, right? So $48 million, your $8 million has been recouped. You have $40 million in profit, even if the, the show is just like later, kind of like uh, <laughs> what Motown, right? Like Motown, yeah. right? Motown was extremely popular. And then the producers were like, oh, well, you know, we can make more money touring this thing. Let's shut down the Lundfontein uh, one and uh, let's just put this bad boy in the road. That's exactly what they did. And you can make a ton of money that way, but it's rare. So wild. So, anyway. okay. <laughs> how, no, I love producing that. Broadway shows? I know. <laughs> Apparently, you know, these are conversations. It's important yeah, exactly. now. Anyone listening, yeah. if you ever wondered what I talk about when I'm not working here, here you go. Here Here's here some insights. Welcome. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Welcome to, yes. So let me ask you this. We were, before we hit record, well, before I hit record, uh, we were talking about transition. And I think that not only have we all been in a place of transition, but particularly artists have been in a very unique kind of transition over the last chunk of time. Uh, Let's say like March, 2020 on. Sure. Yeah, shall we? Uh, I'm wondering how that has affected you and what that's been like for you and kind of navigating the the waves and the ebbs and flows and the awful moments and the high moments and just yeah. anything you want to say about that. Yeah, it has been a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> it's just been a barrel of monkeys. Some, yeah. t- some, some days you pull out the happy monkey. Some days you pull out the monkey who flings crap at you. Some mm. days you, you pull out one who's happy and flings crap at you. You know, it's, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it's just been one of those things that 2020 for me um, was a real wake up. Mm. Because what I found among all the other things that we have to deal with socially, spiritually, uh, obviously physically, um, and, and then business uh, as well. But what I really, truly found is that 2020 exposed so much of what was going on in my life that I either didn't, that I was ignorant of mm-hmm. or that I didn't want to look at or acknowledge or that I had used um, the doing of things, the doing of yeah. life to, yeah. to, um, to mask, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was it for me. It was the exposure of those things. It was the exposure of how I was taking care of my body, 
uh, and what I was putting into my body, right? Because we all became so physically conscious of the, even the air around us, right? Yeah. And how we were taking in air, much less food and water and all the other things we take in. And then I also became really aware of my spirituality mm-hmm. and, and my desire really to help other people, right? And I'll get to that in a second. I'll come back to that. And then in my relationships, right? All the things that were going on in my marriage, all the things that were going on and good and bad that were going Mm -hmm. on in my relationship with my children were all exposed and laid bare, right? Because all we had was, was one another. We didn't have our distractions. We didn't have our, our um, places to go, right? And be away. And then obviously in business and money management and in the cash flow in my life, right? I'm, I'm fortunate to, to have had a lot of work to be paid well to do what it is that I do, but we all, we all went, you know, broke in some sort of way, right? In, in, in that 2020 period. And we all had to make huge adjustments. And, and while I say broke, not in the literal sense of like not having any money, but it like, just sort of like the, the system and the machine broke down. And so I learned so much about who I was and who I had been and how I was behaving and how that was going to play out in a crisis situation. And so, you know, when we come back to the the relationships, it's like, I really, especially spiritually, it's like, I really, over that time, developed such an interesting and personal connection with my spirituality, with my understanding of, of life and, and confidence and my ability to really, truly handle the worst that life has to throw at me and the worst mm. that life that I throw at myself, really, more than anything else. And so... That was, that's a, in a very large sort of 30,000 foot perspective, that's, that's what happened. But I really made some big decisions when it came to serving not only myself, my family, but my community as well. And, and so I made some big and bold and beautiful changes to the way I take care of myself, the way I take care of my people. And what I really wanted to leave as a legacy for for my business and and for my community. And so yeah, it was, it was so much exposure and so many yeah. um new opportunities as well because when you have everything else taken away, you know, and and, and you know you want to go back to your point of being an artist, right? Artists then what we do in, ter- in terms of performance, that's a bodies in the room gig, right? And when you can't get bodies in the room, then you don't have a gig. But then, right. then Zoom came along and things like StreamYard came along and we transitioned. And as much as we were exposed, we also were forced to do what we do best. And that's be creative. And that's problem solve. And that's think on the fly. And that's come yes. up with all of these interesting ways to continue doing what it is that we doing that we do and serving our creative uh, desires and also, you know, making a little bit of money while we're at it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean? and, and so I think as artists, we were, we are and were uniquely positioned to come out of or to go through this thing in a way that it highlights our creativity, that highlights our ability to make adjustments and that highlights our ability to, to serve uh, and move out of this place of just being an employee and into this place of being uh, a small business owner, a business owner, an investor, um, which is the, the real back end of what it is that I like to teach people in our community because I had to learn the hard way. And I just see this cycle of feast and famine and feast and famine and feast and famine. It doesn't have to be that way for us. And with a little bit of work, uh, and and hopefully not a once in a uh, lifetime pandemic, you know yeah. we can we can get out of that 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 rat race and that cycle of feast and famine. How do you think that you mentioned 
like things relationally and at home with kids and your beautiful Mm -hmm. wife, how do you think that having to kind of face and have those conversations helped and served you in your role as a mentor and an artist? Um, That's a great question. And I think that when the good patterns as well as the um, poor patterns in my relationships were exposed in March of 2020. You know, I sat, I remember sitting down with my wife and my three kids and we had a family meeting. We said, okay, this is what it's going to be. This is where we are. This is, mm-hmm. this is it. <laughs> this here, is it. here we are. <laughs> what do we want? What do we want this to look like? Yeah. And you know what? It was a really beautiful moment and a beautiful sentiment. And it, it, we never really, we didn't really do what we wanted to say that we were going to do, right? <laughs> or at least we sat down and we said, <laughs> what do we want? But at least we, we, we made the effort to make a plan. And then from there, there were bits and pieces of it. But, you know, I would love to say that we were just like linear and like we sat down, we made a plan and we did it and we achieved and we successed and we wrote our novels and we did all the things that we said we were going to do. No, but we made it through. Uh And and so, you know, how that exposed, how that helped me then make that transition into mentorship is really interesting. And that's such a great question because a lot of people don't realize that um, mentorship and sales and advertising, and people don't even think about sales, but like mentorship is the umbrella. And underneath that is this sales, advertising, marketing, copywriting. um, I mean, all the legal optics. I mean, there's so much that goes into the process of giving someone really good advice that they pay for. Right. <laughs> right. right. It, it, it's it. I've been doing it for like four years now studying marketing. And a lot of people think marketing is advertising. It's not. No. <laughs> marketing is the entire picture. Advertising is one piece of the pie. And yet it is such an interesting process because having to be with my wife and my children in our home, all of our lives slammed together. And we spend a lot of time together anyway, but having to navigate the emotional, physical, mental, spiritual challenges that we were all going through at the time was a really great proving ground and and helped me to understand and navigate, okay, look, what's going on with the people that I want to serve. What do they want? What are their fears? What are their, you know, biggest desires, right? Like all those right. things. And so it was interesting and I hadn't thought about it until you say it. It was a very interesting parallel going on in my life because I was trying to navigate this family dynamic, which mm-hmm. was shook, right? Yeah. And also trying to navigate, wait, okay, I know that I have valuable information And I know that there are people who could benefit from this valuable information, yet we're all shook. How do I take everything that's going on in my ideal client's life, my, you know, my avatar, as we say, Mm -hmm. and how do I better understand their fears, better understand their desires and discover how I can speak to them in a way that gets them to know, like, and trust me. And listen to what it is that I have to say and maybe gain some, some information or gain some insight from what it is that I have to say in this sea of noise, right? Yes. With, where everybody, because look, in 2020, everybody became a coach. 2020, it, you know, everybody became a right. something, right? Because we had as many people. There was nothing else to do. <laughs> so like, okay, fine, I'll do this. And, <laughs> and there was so much wonderful information, but it's just interesting to see here almost three years later the people who, like yourself, who were consistent in their messaging, who continue to serve, and consistency is the big word here, yeah. who continue to serve, who continue to just create value, 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 value. And how many of you all who have survived and thrived 
in this situation? And then how many people who have just kind of fallen off and who don't do what it is that they say they were doing, who aren't the coaches or the mentors, the gurus anymore, right? <laughs> They're just gone back to regular life. And so then just to wrap up this question and this answer rather, you know, so many of the things that were going on in the community that I was trying to serve were also paralleled in my family life, right? Mm-hmm. I needed to understand the desire of desires of three children who are in very specific ages, you know, 17, 11, nine, right? Girls and boys, and man, it, it was wild. And then my, you know, my wife and physical challenges that she was having throughout. Yeah. And so there was so many parallels in terms of just trying to serve at the highest level, but also taking care of myself while I was in the process. So. Yes. So, okay. That per- you see, you just, I love our conversations because you segue for me and it's brilliant. <laughs> I, part of what was so hard during this time is exactly what you're talking about this, um, understanding the people around us and what they need, whether that was our kids, our partners, our uh, customers, our client, like whatever that looked like for, for whoever's listening, like whoever those people were in your life, balancing that and frankly, being there for so many people who are navigating so many different things. You know, I know my dad was in the hospital with COVID pre-vaccine and that was a time for me where I was just not able to hold space for other people anymore. And being someone whose entire career is holding space for people, that was very (laughs) challenging and disturbing and like hard to navigate. And I know that there was a learning curve for myself on how do I take care of myself during this time where my inclination is to take care of everyone else. And yeah. I'm wondering if you went through something like that too and, and what you did to figure out that balance. Because I know that that's something that so many people struggle with, not just during the pandemic, but it, I think the pandemic just highlighted. 100%. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I was very fortunate to pre-pandemic um, to be a part of uh, a group of folks called Wake Up Warrior. Hmm. And... It's really interesting, um, uh, and I, I, I tell my my students this in my master class. Um, I had this audition one time for a very popular Broadway show, and long story short, I spent three months being yanked around by these folks um, and going above and beyond and spending time and money and energy, um, and then waiting for an answer back from them. And their answer after I had gone in and out of New York, jumped through every hoop that they asked me to um, and everything in between, their answer was just no, period, full stop. Like that was it. Like that's it. Like all this time and energy. And look, as performers, we hear no all the time. No is not a big deal. It's just that, that, that blank space after the no, which I felt was personal and insulting because I had done all this stuff. They knew I'd done all this stuff. And yet they don't give me any feedback that helps me to understand what I could have done differently, could have done better, right. what I could do next time. Blah, blah, blah. It just was very much like, nah, it just very, uh, very, very, um, very unprofessional. And so um, after doubting myself, doubting whether I should be <laughs> in this business or not, you know, as, as happens when you're in this, again, period of transition, sometimes the right message pops up in front of you. Maybe it's on the TV, maybe yeah. it's in a book yeah. you read, maybe it's something, you know, you're looking around and all of a sudden it's something that's written on a box, you know, like I was mm-hmm. looking around my bathroom the other day and uh, my wife has this like, like dollar shave club thing, bo- that thing. And I was just looking hey, around. Hey, we get that like, too. They're so good. Right, they're great. And so I was looking around and I was just thinking about like, you know, how can I do this? And I was thinking uh. about like my ancestors because I do this meditation that just reminds me of like there's a millennia of ancestors that had to live in order for you to be here in this moment right (laughs) think about that and so i was thinking like oh ancestors and i looked at the box and said we got you Mm. huh it's like those things right sometimes those things like pop out and if you're aware of them and if you're you're looking for them you get these messages and so anyway a message popped out to me on Instagram. And I started 
to go down this rabbit hole. And I found a group of what it was at the time, just men, now it's men and women, but um, where they basically, they, we have an operating system for life, right? And it is just this set of routines and uh, principles and things that we live by or we strive to live by. And the, the distillation of it for me in terms of taking care of myself to answer your question was I really delved into having a morning routine as stereotypical as that may sound. It is extremely important to me because when I get up at six o'clock in the morning or sometimes five o'clock in the morning and I go out and I make sure to have my little green smoothie, I have my athletic greens that I have. Um, I meditate, I exercise, I do uh, um, some mental work in terms of like getting, um, it's, it's work that's based on uh, the things that Byron, excuse me, the things that Byron Katie uh, has done, which mm-hmm. that she calls the work. And so, you know, I ask myself these beautiful questions that have beautiful answers at the end of the day. And it's before anybody gets up, before I have to feed the dogs, before I have to face life, the universe and everything. And that was one of the things that saved me throughout this process. Did I get angry? Yes. Did I feel completely out of control at times? Yes. Did I feel lost at times? Yes. Did I feel all the things that all of us have felt throughout this time of transition where the world has changed since 2020? Yes. But I knew and I know that I can always count on that one to two hours that I give myself in the morning Mm. to set myself up to set myself up. Sometimes it's in the afternoon, right? It doesn't have to be in the morning. But that time that I set aside for me and me alone, not just to laze about and and scroll, but to actually do things for myself, for my body, for my spirituality, for my relationships. Like I would, um, for example, you know, one of the things that I do is I text two people and tell them that I love them. It's not always Aww. my family. Sometimes it's just friends. Sometimes it's just people, you know, that I'm, and I might not say, hey, I love you, right? But like, <laughs> I, it's always reaching out and just taking care of a relationship. Yeah. Connecting with someone, right? And then, you know, uh, uh, things in my business. It's like, what am I doing to move my business, aka my cash flow forward? And do I have another stream of, of income? Is there something that I can, some value that I can provide that will, uh, um, entice people to listen to me, to, uh, um, receive what it is that I'm trying to give them and and ultimately exchange value. So anyway, so that was really what, what did it for me and what helped me to take care of myself. And I'm telling you, if you're listening to this now and you're feeling like completely at sea, which is, can happen on any given day for me, um, having some sort of routine, some sort of specific time where you set, and I'm sure you've mentioned this before, Rachel, but having some sort of specific time that you set aside for yourself, where you can connect with yourself, connect with um, your body, connect with your spirituality, connect with the relationships that matter to you, connect with your understanding of how to make, keep, grow and give money or value, whatever that is to you, is so vitally important because it is, it is the greatest investment that you can make because when you get yourself in gear, and you don't have to be perfect, you know what I mean? But like when you start to make that investment in yourself, even if you're just putting a penny in your personal piggy bank every single day, yep. eventually over time that builds up. And it's not like, you know, uh, not, not like the bank where you put the money in and they're going to give you, you know, 0.0000. It's interesting when you begin to invest in yourself and that energy in yourself, in your body, in your spirituality, in your relationships, in your business, it 
it begins to multiply. It begins to create this thing that we love to, to say in the marketing world, momentum, right? You know, yeah. entrepreneurs, momentum. It's really true. Momentum is this thing that you can build and build and build and build. And you don't have to be in business. It doesn't have to be about money. It can be in love for yourself. It can be in health for yourself. It can be in spirituality for yourself. And also, of course, it can be in, in your relationships and in your business as well. But it is vitally important to take that time for yourself. And it means getting up an hour earlier. It's going to suck at first, but trust me, <laughs> trust me, it is one of the greatest things you can do for yourself. And it's what helped me to not just survive, but to thrive, especially during those times where I felt like everything was out of control over the past couple of years. If someone is having uh, resistance to doing this, what, mm -hmm. What advice would you give them? My advice for you is to lean into the resistance. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean, you know, oh, hey, lean into the resistance. I'm going to, you know, if it's a body thing, I'm going to slam a whole uh, Baskin and Robbins um, Oreo cake into my face. And by the way, if you ever want to get me a cake, that's the kind of cake I love. And, or it could be, hey, look, uh, you know, you might think, oh, well, I'm just going to completely trash my spirituality or whatever that means to you. That might just be my self-confidence. No, it's when I say lean into the resistance, I mean, lean into it and start asking yourself questions. Yeah. Start asking yourself good questions, right? I'd love to, I'd love to tell my students, you know, better questions lead to better answers. I got a whole formula for this, but the, the part of it's, you know, better questions lead to better answers. And I, I know really you could speak to this in, in, in much more in depth, Rachel, but like, um, you know, when we are going through life, we're constantly asking ourselves questions every single day, yep. right? When we get up, it's like, oh, what do I have to do today? Oh, what should I wear? Oh, what do I eat for breakfast? Oh. And there's so many questions that we are subconsciously asking ourselves, but when you are resistant to, let's just say exercise, what that's exercise. Like there are questions that you're like, oh God, well, am I going to be sore? You know, oh, what am I going to have to do? Am I going to be exhausted for the rest of the day? There's so many questions. And what's interesting when we come up against resistance is that our brains are the most powerful organic computer in the known universe. And when you ask it a question, because of how we are biologically wired, our brain is going to come up with an answer, no matter what. And so what's interesting is when we ask ourselves crappy questions, we get crappy answers. Oh, what's wrong with me? How many times have I asked myself that question? Yeah. What's the matter with me? Oh, God. Why are people staring at me? Mm. What? And your brain... Well, come on, what's wrong with me is a classic question. It's something my parents, when I acted out of pocket, what's wrong with you? What's right. the matter with you? They would say, and me and my brain, and they didn't know, we don't know. But like in my brain, I was like, oh, what is the matter with me? Oh, well, I'm this, I'm that, bad, bad. And that's bad, where all those bad. narratives come from. Hello, right? Yeah. And those are the tapes that run in our head. Yeah. So getting back to the question, when you face resistance to exercise, when you face resistance to spirituality, when you face resistance to connecting in your relationship or connecting in your understanding of money or business or whatever that value is in your life, it's about leaning into it and beginning to ask questions and, and inquiry. And you'll recognize when you do it, you'll recognize that, man, maybe I've been asking some really crappy questions. And when you ask better questions and when you lean into it and begin to, again, question and inquire about why you feel resistant, why this is, is this serving you? Is this not serving you? You begin to then unravel what is just this knot that was most likely created by someone else or created by some experience that you had at one point or one time or another that no longer is valid or might not serve you anymore yeah yeah you know what i mean so that that's totally. it. it's a real long-winded no <laughs> no like it's talk, so but like you know what i mean like it's just it, it resists people I, I i found especially over the past like six months i've discovered that it's like stop trying to 
shove these things, these feelings away. Stop trying to shove the feelings that you're having down. Your feelings, your thoughts are valid and they're there for a reason and they might hurt, they might suck, they might make you feel like crap or you might choose to feel like crap about them if you really want to take responsibility for it. But ultimately, everything that happens to us happens to us to serve us. Yeah. If we are open to understanding that, okay, life is, as Tony Robbins said, life is not happening to me, it's happening for me. Okay, so when uh-huh. this, this is happening, this resistance is happening in my life, it's because there's a story, there's a narrative, there's something that like scaffolding that we see every five feet in New York, there's scaffolding that's holding up this idea, this concept, this, this thought, and it might not need to be there anymore. Or I might need to change it. Or it may be there for a very good reason because I'm still constructing the building. I'm still constructing the idea, the concepts, and I need just a little bit more time to get it right or to get it in a place that serves me. Then I can take away this old narrative. I want to quickly interrupt this episode to talk about my latest project with Best Self Co. If you don't already know, Best Self Co. is a brand with a range of simple yet meaningful tools that help people achieve their goals, be more productive, and create positive change in their life. I've had the pleasure of working with Best Self Co. on a few projects, the latest being their brand new Intimacy After Dark deck. This 150 card conversation deck is a tool for talking about and exploring sex to bring more connected intimacy into your life. The deck was designed with all relationship structures in mind and includes a conversation framework adapted and approved by me that guides you through consensual and comfortable conversations about sex. Best Self was so kind to provide a code to my listeners so that you can get your hands all over the Intimacy After Dark deck before it's gone. Use the code Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, during checkout at bestself.co and get 30% off the new Intimacy After Dark deck. That's bestself.co and code Rachel for 30% off the new After Dark deck. I want to thank Best Self Co. for being one of today's podcast sponsors. Now, back to our conversation. I love this so much. And anybody who knows me and is listening to this are going to be like, oh, I totally see why you guys are friends. (laughs) (laughs) Like We could just talk about this for fucking hours, 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 hours. Okay, so two last questions before we wrap up. Number one, if somebody wants to potentially work with you, how can they find you and who are you looking to work with so that that person can be like, oh, that's me? Well, the best way that people can work with me, come into my world is either to follow me on social media. I'm at Justin Guarini on everything. And if you're like, I don't know how to spell that, then all you have to do is look up the guy <laughs> from American Idol with the hair. Uh, you'll find I don't me. know how to spell that. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And so, uh, or you can go to justinguarini.com and I absolutely love working with people who want to be performers, people who are performers. Um, I teach a master class called Audition Secrets, um, which is all about the audition process and, and really taking your audition game to the next level. Um, and then I go even deeper after that with a course um, that I uh, am just launching now which is all about how to not it just it's the next level up of auditioning but it's also about getting an agent getting a manager and getting representation because there are auditions that you cannot get unless you are uh, represented by yeah. an agent or a manager right so it's i love serving people who are um you know in in from i think as young as high school age um, and who are really just starting to get their their feet wet when it comes to auditioning, all the way up to um, professionals who are like, look, I've, I've I've done a lot of really amazing regional stuff. I've done uh, a lot of you know film and and TV in my local market, but I'm looking to break into the next bigger market, or I'm looking to go to Broadway, or I'm looking to go to that next level. And so it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy 
teaching and I enjoy having fun and, and I just, I, I don't ever want, I don't ever want my classes to be boring. Um, uh, <laughs> and, they, yeah. and they never are because and I, make them not. Like a show. I make them like a show. And so it's fun. So really that's, that's the best exactly. way to, to get with me for sure. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So very, very last question. If you could leave everyone listening with one or two pieces of advice or wisdom based on all of the things that we've talked about, what would they be? Wow. No pressure, huh? Yeah. No pressure um, at all. Just come up with it on yeah. the spot. You, you know, know I, I did. I did. Improv, I did. Justin. Okay. Improv. Come on. That is, hey, I've <laughs> spent a lot of money <laughs> learning how to improv, but I don't need to improv in this situation because the the one thing that I want to impart to people, which is really the the underpinning of everything that I, I love to teach is about confidence. Mm. It's really one of the most important um, assets that we can have in our life. And a lot of people have a misconception about confidence. A couple of them. A lot of people think, oh, well, you're either born with it or you're not, right? I got the shy gene. And that's <laughs> I not got true. the I mean, shy gene. Yeah, but there are a lot of people who think that. And you yeah, know, they, no, they I know. do that genetically. I, I do not discount that science. Uh, however, I believe it to not be that to not be uh, true in terms of a barrier, and so um, also people a lot of a lot of people think that you know you have to have like a, a piece of paper you put up on the wall that has letters behind your name uh, in order to have confidence. And mm. while that is a beautiful thing, because I know you have letters behind your name and you've worked very hard for them, and that's wonderful. It's, it's yeah, they don't give me confidence helps. though. Yeah, it helps, right? Well, you studied, right? But why? But we'll get into what that really truly means in those letters to me anyway, truly yeah. mean at the end of your name. And so you don't need to have been born with it. You don't need to have gone to school for it. And you don't need to have 10, 20, 30 years of experience in whatever it is that you do in order to be or say in order to be confident in it. At the end of the day, confidence comes down to the actual root word of confidence. The English root word of confidence is confide. And while we think mm. that means to tell someone, you know, your secrets, right? Like <laughs> what it truly means is to trust. Confide means to trust. That's why we tell our secrets to a confidant, a confidant. And so the root of confidence is trust. And so when we think about that, oh, self-confidence really just means confiding in yourself, trusting mm. in yourself. That's what confidence really is. And, and it's interesting when we don't trust ourselves, the decisions that we make from a place of lack of self-confidence, lack of self-trust, it's like when you don't trust yourself, you make bad or poor body decisions, right? Poor decisions with your body. You make poor decisions in your spirituality. You make poor decisions in the things that you eat. You make poor decisions in the in the exercising, the relationship that you have. You make poor decisions in business. And what's really interesting about confidence for me, as my computer dings, um, is that when here's here's a concept that totally blew my mind. You're gonna have to edit this. Um, what's really interesting to me about confidence is that when we recognize that other people don't see us through their eyes, they see us through our eyes. I'm going to say that mm -hmm. again. Other people don't see us through their eyes. They see us through our eyes. And when we don't have confidence, AKA self-trust, we're literally telling all the people that we come into contact with that they can't trust us. I know it's, 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 it's interesting. It's harsh, but think about it. Yeah. The energy that we put out. Right. And eventually in relationships, right. If we don't trust ourselves, we're literally telling that other people, the other person that they can't trust us and we'll eventually prove it to them because mm -hmm. we make poor decisions, right. When we don't trust ourselves. It's just in so many ways, and I'm not going to go into it because there's a whole course on this, that trust in yourself is the most important thing that you can have. But here's the killer, and I'll, I'll wrap on this. 
that trust in yourself, that ability to have self-confidence is built on the back of failure. It's built on the back of completely messing things up. It's built on the back of your willingness to completely mess things up because everything that you want in your body, everything that you want in your spirituality, everything that you want in your relationships, everything that you want in your business is waiting for you just on the other side of your willingness to fail. And those people who are willing to fail, like you, like me, like people who stand out and do what we do in our business, it's because we have messed it up so many times, because we have failed on so many different levels that we learned how not to do things. We learned that, oh, okay, (laughs) wait, I'm going to, I screwed this up so badly. Now I know what not to do. Now I'm going to do this. And guess what? All the while we're building trust in ourselves. All the while when we get up after we've knocked ourselves down or been knocked down, not only are we building trust in ourselves, but we're showing other people that we can be trusted. You know, that, that consistency thing. Yeah. Which I have, I have struggled with, you know, in terms of messaging and whatnot. But, you know, Rachel, anybody who looks at your universe, will see that you show up consistently every single day, holding space for people uh, and and serving at the highest level. And you wonder why people, yeah, no, it's beautiful to watch. You wonder why people trust you. You wonder why people will come and tell you their most deep, intimate secrets and thoughts and feelings because of your work, because of your failures, because you've built that self-trust. And that confidence in yourself and you amplify that with your message and you help bring people into your, uh, your universe. So not only that they trust you by coming in, but they can learn to trust themselves. And so <laughs> anyway, that's, if you can't tell, I, I, I could talk about this stuff forever. I love that's, it. That's what I'd love to leave people with. I love to really help your, your listeners understand that the best thing from my perspective, the best thing that they can invest in right now is that trust in themselves. But that trust in themselves, that trust in yourself comes from the willingness to completely fail, to get it wrong, to put yourself out there publicly in a consistent way and to fail over and over and over again because on the back of that failure is going to be every single success that you want in every single aspect of your yeah. life. 100%. I think uh, you and I are both living proof of that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. Thank you, yeah. Justin. I love you. Thank you so much. You <laughs> You're just wonderful. And I hope that any of you who are listening to this and who have resonated with anything that Justin has said, go check out his stuff. Like whether you are in the entertainment world or not, you can tell that these lessons you can take into any arena. Um, so please go check out his stuff. Justin, thank you so much for taking the time. I know that you are in a move right now and I can speak for myself and everyone listening. Just thank you for, for sitting down with me for an hour. I am so unbelievably grateful and I can't wait for our next lunch in person. My pleasure. And yeah, I can't wait to, I can't wait to, I'll be up there soon. That's all for today. You sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together. 